So much spiritual teaching across traditions can be summed up as learn to be present. This is an important practice because the present moment is the only moment that we have. And the most precious thing about the present moment is that you will always find God there. God is as present to you in this very moment as the air that you are breathing. You cannot not be in God's presence because there is no other place to be. We are really great at trying to be anywhere else other than the present moment. We love to replay the past over and over, particularly those moments when we were hurt, those places where we harbor resentment. And then, of course, nothing worries us as much as the future. Add to all of this the feeling of being bombarded by bad news as we try to process our complicated world. Being present is a challenge. We distract ourselves, numb ourselves, fill our days with anything that might help us pretend to be anywhere else other than right here, right now. Our lives include some big decisive moments in which we need to take action. But most of our days are made up of the small and the ordinary, moments that ask for us to wait and be patient. The way that we discern what the present moment is asking of us is by showing up to it, grounding ourselves in it, and listening for God's voice there. All of this makes learning to be present crucial for our spiritual well-being. The present moment is where we live. It's where we interact with each other, where we meet God. All moments, no matter how big or how small, are holy. Today marks the first Sunday of Advent, those four weeks that lead to Christmas. That word Advent comes from the Latin adventus, which means coming. Advent focuses our attention on both the coming of the Christ child and the coming of Christ again. One of the themes of Advent is to be present. We hear it in this morning's gospel, be aware, keep alert, keep awake, Jesus says. Although he's a great storyteller, Jesus offers very few direct commandments. Keep awake is right up there on the same list with love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself. And it's not a suggestion. Jesus is putting forward an expectation for those who want to follow him. Keep awake. Be present. As Mark tells it, Jesus emphasizes presence during the final moments of his life, a detail that would have caught the attention of Mark's audience. One of the writing techniques of this time period involved imagining what important people said near the end of their life. And so Mark, lifting up these words at the end of Jesus' story, is significant. This teaching is intertwined with talking about the end of time, another detail that would have caught the ears of Mark's audience. 
Even though Mark is our earliest gospel, his words aren't recorded until a generation after Jesus' death. A lot happened in between when Jesus died and Mark penned this text. The Jewish people had tried to revolt against the Romans. They were unsuccessful. Their temple was destroyed. Many people had died and many more were dispersed into new places. It felt like the end of time. Who among us would have blamed them for being anxious about the future or trying to numb themselves against such despair? And yet Jesus is clear, do not withdraw, but be present. God is never far from you. In a recent blog post, the psychologist Esther Perel describes the avalanche of information about current events that we constantly sift through. She proposes that even though we think we're in the loop and we know what's going on, that we're actually not processing all of the information that we take in. Bad news in particular doesn't leave our system as quickly as it enters, often sitting in our bodies as a pit in our stomach or a knot in our back. It's up to us, she says, whether we withdraw, turn away, and pretend like we're not experiencing what we're experiencing, or whether we acknowledge what we're experiencing, turn towards one another, really see each other, and connect through our shared humanity. When we make the second choice to try to deepen our empathy, we discover that we can hold more than one truth at the same time. But this takes intentional soul work on our part. A willingness to show up to each moment and greet what it is that we find there, not bent on controlling what happens, but conscious of offering our best selves in response. Viktor Frankl calls this being response-able, realizing that in that space between someone's action and your reaction, you have the freedom to decide. Owning our ability to be response-able helps us approach each moment, the good, the bad, the ugly, as an opportunity for growth. We can learn and grow from every moment. One of our Capitol Hill neighbors, the New York Times columnist David Brooks, just published a new book called To Know a Person. He suggests that the thing that we need the most in life are healthy relationships, and also that the thing we struggle with the most in life are our relationships. It's an incredible paradox. The skills involved in building relationships are like athletic ability, he says. Some of us are born with more of them, others less, but all of us will get better when we practice. In order to connect with each other, we have to be willing to learn how to listen well, to disagree without breaking relationship, to seek forgiveness when we need to do that. And we have to be willing to practice these skills, but we must first be open to the experience of being fully present with each other. Brooks goes on to describe two types of people, illuminators 
whose presence make others feel lit up, respected, understood, and diminishers, people who are not curious about others because they're too into themselves, too assured of their own rightness. You know when you're talking to an illuminator or diminisher simply by how the person makes you feel. There are a lot of diminishers in our world. The result is that our climate, certainly our political climate, is largely one of distrust, where many remain guarded, worried about saying the wrong thing or being attacked, getting punished for stepping into the arena. All of this is to say that there is an awful lot about life that discourages us from showing up and being fully present. Even 2,000 years ago, Jesus understood that. But he was also keenly aware that the present moment is the only moment that we have. And that each time we make the choice to step into it, not only do we find God there, but we learn more about ourselves, we forge genuine connection with one another, and we help illuminate our world. Your heart and your soul were made for this present moment. In the name of God, amen.